tangible presence of the Lord when his people come together. You can't get it online. Bless you if you're online, but you're missing out, um, especially in a situation like this. Hebrew says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together and so much more as you see the day approaching. There is a power and a sustaining power of the Spirit of God. How many would agree that you feel the sustaining power of the Spirit of God when you're in the house with his people worshiping? And I just want to invite you, you know, those that are hurting, those that have friends that are hurting, invite them here because there's something that God provides in a situation like this that you just cannot get anywhere else. Turn off social media, turn off your phones, do whatever you need to do, you know, to silence the, the voices that are going to stir up all the negative emotions and all of that. That doesn't do any good in a situation like that. Turn those things off, turn on some worship music, worship on your own so that you're filled, but then you can bring that here and the collective expression of worship here is a powerful, powerful thing. Amen? Can we give a hand to the Lord just... He is here. And um, I just want to exhort you as a church. It's been an amazing experience to be able to lead our congregation through this time. And just the grace that I feel because of the prayers from you and from all over. But God is using the church to shine in a way that I've never seen uh, before. And the power of the local church is, the, the thing that I see right now is we are, the first responders, uh, the first responders, uh, the reason why is because we're a smaller organization and we can bend and flex with speed because there's relationship and trust that has been built. Uh, we have people in our congregation, the uh, police, uh, the, the people in the police department in high places, Joyce and EOC. Could we get, give a hand for Joyce and, and our first responders? There's Scott Megita, who's been working 12 hours. He's in the EOC as well. Gary, uh, he's a chaplain. Could we give a hand for Gary? I don't want to like miss anyone, but I know I'm going to miss a lot of people. But Gary's a chaplain. He's been doing death notices, and we're gonna we're gonna um, be sharing about how God has been supernaturally answering prayers. Uh, that and Derek, can can you give a hand for Derek? He he flew in and it was on ground zero for, from as soon as he could get on the island and handing out things in Lahaina side. Um, we can go on and on about the heroes. I. I Two people, and they're probably not here today, but um, Nani Vickers and Catherine McLeod, amazing, amazing. There's a saying that uh, I heard, I think it was from, oh, you're right there. <laughs> you're sitting right there. Um, they went through tragedies of their own in losing their spouses, one to war and one to a drunk driver, high-profile tragedies in our community. And in the time of the greatest need, they're housing people in their houses, and they're pouring out their lives, driving into the community, finding who needs help. And these are ones that have experienced tragedy of their own, and they are giving of themselves. And one of the amazing things, I think Michael is the one that said it, he said, the strong are generous. The strong are generous. And when you go through a tragedy of the magnitude that these two women have gone through, you see their strength in times of tragedy like this. And it's just amazing to see the church rise up during this time. And one of the things that we've seen is because we're a smaller organization, we can pivot with the fast-changing needs. And so we were food, clothing, shelter. Before any of the bigger government agencies came, the church rose up and was meeting all of those needs and taking it by plane, taking it by boat, taking it by police-escorted caravans into the community from the first night. 
and that was needed. The big nonprofit organizations and the government agencies now are giving the first responders kind of a breath of fresh air, and we, we greatly appreciate it. And so, as the church, there's no casting blame of why weren't they here earlier? What could have they done? You know, like when you hear all of that negative response from the community, as a church, our job is to support and our job is to not cast blame, but to say, we're the peacemakers. The scripture says, peacemakers will be called the children of God. So when you hear dissent and you hear criticism, this is the time to rise up as children of God and be peacemakers. We have people from the highest parts of government on Maui to the ground forces here at the church. We span every single, every single layer of support, and we're all working together in this. And there's nothing that the enemy would want to do more than to break those layers of trust. So be a peacemaker. Turn off Instagram. You know, just get involved in the need. And what I found is that people that are jumping in and helping, they don't have time for Instagram. It's all the ones that aren't helping that are on Instagram trying to get attention, posting stupid stuff. And it's people that are doing that that attract people that are doing that. So, so don't be those people. Be the people that are helping and being a support during this time. Amen? Amen. Um, I want to just go through three um, scriptures that I feel God was speaking to, to, to our church during this time. Um, one, so there's three points I want to share. The, the, the message this morning is called Hope and Suffering, and three points of how to have hope and suffering. Number one is future glory is greater than the present pain. Number two, prayer precedes the power and provision of God. Number three, realize all things work together for good. So number one, future glory is greater than the present pain. And we talked about this last week, that how many of you are mothers that have given birth? How painful was that? I know that that was really painful. because I haven't gone through that experience myself. Thank you, Jesus. But I know that was very painful for my wife because every time we get in an argument, she always wins at the end by saying, I gave birth to your kids. And then I can't win anything, you know? But when we were ready to give birth, we didn't talk about the pain. We didn't focus on what the birth pangs were going to be like. We didn't curse God because of the pain that she went through or was going through. We had... There was a joy that was set before us, knowing that after the pain, that there would be life. And from the garden, God said, because we turned away from him, and because there's sin in the world, a fallen world, to have something valuable, as valuable as life, it would always be preceded by pain. And that's not because God is a mean God. That's the result of sin in our world. But when God wants to bring about life, and he wants to bring about blessing, many times it will be preceded by pain. And as children of God, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by our, our hope and our faith in Christ, not by what we're currently experiencing. Romans 8, 18 and 22, Paul says this, and he's saying this to a church that was going through much more pain at that time than we currently are. 
their family members were getting taken and killed and imprisoned. They were going through the greatest persecution that the church has ever seen at that time, not just being persecuted and killed, but killed in very inhumane ways, being fed to lions, crucified upside down. And in that turmoil, in that persecution, Paul says this to the Roman church. He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. God's children, when they're squeezed, glory, the glory of God is what comes out. And I've seen that in the lives of so many of us and so many members of the church, not just in our congregation, but the Big C Church on Maui. For we know the whole creation groans, everyone say groans, and labors with birth pangs together until now. All of creation is looking for the manifestation of the children of God, and it happens through these birth pangs, not through global warming. Did you guys get that? All creation is groaning in anticipation. There's birth pangs happening. Why? Because these birth pangs are going to cause the children of God to be manifest. And I'm seeing that happen firsthand. God's not the cause of pain, but he's going to use that pain to raise you up, to be an influence in your communities, to be an answer to the pain that's being seen. Number two, prayer precedes power. Prayer precedes power. And you guys can just, I, I encouraged you last week to get into the word. Romans 8 is an amazing chapter and kind of goes through a lot of the things that we're seeing right now. But Romans 8, 27, now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit will pray through us. If you can pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. If, you, if that's not a gift that you flow in and operate in, pray with your understanding. But God answers prayer. And I just want to share, um, some of, a lot of the pastors from all over the world are calling and they're saying, what can we do for Maui? Because everybody, for, and I'm just overwhelmed by the love and support of the global community. I never knew that we were such a big deal in the eyes of the world. But for whatever reason, people love this island. And I was talking to some friends, and they, they said, you know what it is? It's because people have some of their most precious and magical moments on Maui. They come here to get married. They come here for their anniversaries and their honeymoons. They come here to experience and to, to enjoy God's creation during the most precious times of their lives. And so just Maui has millions and millions of people that go through it every single year specifically for that reason. They share pictures with their family and friends, and then their family and friends are like, wow, that's such a beautiful place. We want to go there too. And there's people all over the world that love this place, but it's, it's because of the people of Lahaina. And I keep telling people that in Lahaina, like the, the town and all the buildings can be replaced, but the people cannot. You are the ones who made Lahaina Lahaina and made it the gem of the world. That community is such a special, special community. And when we pray, God works. So when all these pastors are calling and they're saying, what can we do? I tell them, 
resources are awesome. Like we're seeing hundreds of thousands of dollars flow into this church and we're gonna tell you exactly how we're, what we're doing with that. But funds are coming in like we've never seen and we're a small church. You know, there's other organizations that are just collecting tens of millions of dollars. Um, more than resources, we need prayer. And we've seen God work in amazing ways. Um, I shared this last week that a lot of you were here when we made hundreds and hundreds of meals and six truckloads of stuff and were ready to go in, escorted by police. And then, the, and then that got shut down and we we're in the parking lot asking, how are we going to get all these things over? And our commercial fisherman, Matt, and his friend Brian was like, our boats are too small. It's only 25 feet long. Although those are like the biggest fishing boats on the island. They said there's only a couple boats, the Pacific Whale Foundation and, and the um, Trilogy that can get things there. And what was it, like 10 minutes, right? Like 10 minutes. And then the captain of the Pacific Whale Foundation like pulls up to our church and he's like, hey, you guys need transportation to Lahaina. We can take everything in an hour and a half. And then all of those things were loaded up. Like we're just seeing divine appointments that only happen through prayer. Um, another one is my sister. And uh, can you guys give a hand for Joel from Mercy Chefs? Uh, we're, I'm going to have my sister come up and she's going to share just a divine appointment. She was like, should I come to Maui? And I'm like, nah, just stay in. We don't need you now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did. We did need her. We needed her a lot. So, Actually, so. John called me in tears, okay. bawling. And he's like, I need you so bad. I need you. Please come. Anyway, so she's going to share one of the answers to prayer. Like when you pray, you set up the foundation for divine appointments like this to happen. So Um, I was talking to John on the phone as I was flying in. I had a stopover in Denver, and um, he was talking about all the divine appointments he had. So I was like, Lord, I'm walking to my gate to fly out. I'm like, there's not going to be a lot of people flying into Maui. Um, show me who you want me to talk to. I know there's somebody you want me to connect with. Who you so I sat down at the gate, and this guy plops next to me, and we started talking. And I heard he tells me he's from Mercy Meals, heading into Maui. He's a not a chef but in media or something, and then I was like, oh yeah, I'm Grace Bible Church, and so we just quickly swapped contact information, and we're sitting on the runway, and I get this call, and it's Joel here, who's his boss boss, and, and Joel's like, I heard you're on the plane, I just wanted to introduce myself, say hello, when you get to the island, I want to connect, blah, 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 we can help you guys with meals, and then we're ready to leave, and then our staff text thread is just flying crazy. I, I see something like John's like, we have 150 meals that were supposed to go to our police and it got dropped. We need to find 150 meals in the next two hours to get it out to them. And so everyone's like, I'm going to call here, I'm going to call there. And we're like, there's no way anyone can do 150 meals. Like we could hit every McDonald's along the way <laughs> in 2020, but there's just no way. And so I called this guy and I was like, hey, is there any chance you could pull off 150 meals in the next two hours. And he's like, absolutely. And so I reached out to our staff. I'm like, it's done. It's taken care of. Call this guy. I'm losing reception. I don't know what's going on. Just take care of it. And they connected with him. He got 150 meals to them. Um, and everything was solved. And then this past Friday, he just blessed our volunteer team. Like Our, our team was supposed to make a 263 meals. And he was like, 
I'm going to cover that for you guys, and I'm going to feed your volunteers. Like, you guys have been working hard, so enjoy the night. Like come, so we did some ministry together, some prayer together, but we enjoyed a meal, and it was so weird to just sit. Like, everybody was like, so, like are we, what's going on? Like, this is so different. And he shared with us, and we just, John asked him to come back and share. So give a hand for Joel. So we found out that he's not only a chef, but he's also a pastor, and he really did a great job of pastoring our volunteers on Friday night, so we wanted him to come back and just share. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. First of all, thank you so much. I, um, you know, I'm about 4,000 miles away from my address, and as soon as I walked into the building, I said, this feels like home. And, and then you talked about archery and pickleball, and that's like two of my spiritual gifts. <laughs> and, um, and so I was like, I must be home for sure. But thank you so much for allowing us to be here on behalf of our founders, Chef Geary and Anne LeBlanc. Man, they send their love. And that trip was not supposed to be planned at all whatsoever. All of our staff was here um, and and our our co-founder, she was in, woke up in the middle of the night and she said, Gary, I really feel like you need to go to Maui for whatever reason and you need to take Craig, our media guy, with you. And uh, I think it was just for that divine appointment and, um, and to set this relationship up because that's why we're here um, is to help lift up your arms. You guys are the Moses, we're the Aaron's to hold your arms up as you go through this time. And as a pastor, I have gone through three natural disasters myself on this side, so I know exactly where you are coming from. And the best advice that I can give you is just to take a breath. All throughout the book of Psalms, David goes through highs and lows and tragedy and triumphs. And so many different times he says that beautiful word, Selah. It's just a pause and take a breath and, and just get everything. Because there's going to be so much time that you're going to be 90 to nothing. And it's like you, you don't have enough hours in the day. That's just life in general, right? <laughs> and now you have this crazy event that has happened. But here's what's incredible. God saw way a long time ago, and he placed Grace Bible and Pastor John and all of you for such a time as this. To be the light and to be the hope of the world. The, 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 the local church is not really the hope of the world. A mobilized local church is the hope of the world. And he has given you guys an incredible opportunity to unify, to even cross denominational lines. I don't know how it is over here in the island, but in the mainland, it, it, that can get a little iffy sometimes. And, man, we just rebuke that in Jesus' name because, man, we're here to serve the people and to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you, and it was so amazing that you had brought Romans 8 because I was praying, you know, when they invited me to come back, and, and, and the Lord just put this scripture in my heart. It's Romans 8, 11. <laughs> and it says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give you life. To your flesh, and that, that is something you're going to need now more than ever because there's going to be such demand on you. And I encourage the volunteer team, you can't do everything. Trust me, I've tried. And I would rather do two things really well than ten things okay. And so I just want to encourage you, find your lane. Find your lane. If it's food, we can help. If it's encouragement, I, I would do it. 
and, and don't feel guilty because you, you, you can't do this one thing, but man, find where you're a 10 at, and that's how I want you to encourage your people because this will be a long process. We went through one of the most devastating tornadoes in western Kentucky in, in American history, and that was in December of 21, and we are barely scratching the surface of restoration now. And, 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 and this is what I love, and, and this is what we're all about, Mercy Chef. We're about championing the local church and making you the heroes in your community. Because when our staff is all gone and we're on to the next disaster, you are the ones that's going to be here to be that light, to be that hope. So I want to encourage you, man, with everything within me. Number one, stay close to Jesus. Man, stay in that word. Stay in the presence of God. Pray in the Spirit. Feed your soul and pour out out of your overflow. Now, what we do is meals. And we believe that, and we pray over every meal, we believe that is hope in a box. And, and kind of how we say it, there, there was a lot of restoration, in, especially in the New Testament, that happened over a meal. That's why I can't get to wait, wait to get to heaven. One of the first things we'll do, we're going to eat. I love to eat. I was born in South Mississippi. My body's built by butter and cream cheese. <laughs> Can anybody relate? Amen. And you guys have rice with everything. <laughs> I'm going to become a big bowl of rice when I get back for sure. And spam, man, come on with some spam. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's good. I don't want to know what it is. <laughs> One of my favorite stories is after Jesus had died and the disciples were discouraged, they went through a, a, a tragic event. And Peter just needed a little familiarity. He just, you know the story, he, he went back fishing. He, he went back to what was normal for him. And the enemy was trying to rob him of his calling. And what I love what Jesus did, he didn't reveal himself first. He said, Peter, come here. And Peter's life was restored with a fish sandwich over a hot meal. And a hot meal is such a unifier. We have seen homelessness. We've seen millionaires. We've seen Republicans and Democrats. We've seen Baptists and Methodists and Catholics and atheists all come together and find common ground over a hot meal. And we believe that God has called Mercy Chef to use that to bring unity and to open up because we always lead with the meal and then we follow it up with the gospel. And we have seen life transformation happen over that. And so if that's one of your lanes, Mercy Chef is committed to help. We're committed for the long haul and uh, we're already uh, setting up long-term plans and goals to help even with uh, non-perishable food items as well. And I just want to encourage you, man, what you're doing is so valuable and it's so needed. And it will forever echo in eternity what you are doing right now. And what I have seen come out of these disasters like this is it's not the governmental organizations and it's not all these other, even us NGOs, non-government organizations that get the credit. It's the local churches, and that's what needs to take place. And I'll leave you with this. You need to pray for Pastor John every single day. Every day. I've been in his shoes. 
You only have one to look, one of him to look at, and he's got all of you. So he carries that weight, and he's not going to tell you, because <laughs> I wouldn't either. But, man, he loves you. Just when I met him briefly the other day, I was like, man, this man loves his people. He loves his community, because he has enough going on that he don't, just with the church life, to say, hey, we'll just do this one little thing. And so I want to encourage you, man, hold him up in your prayers. And if you think he needs it, don't ask. Just do it. If you think he needs to hear it, yes, he needs to hear it. And if you want to bless him with a trip somewhere, yes, he'll take it. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm trying to bat for you. <laughs> but I just want to encourage you, um, especially you other staff and leaders, and, and, and hold them up because we're going to go home. And it will, it will pass on, and all the news media will leave, and this will become yesterday's news, and we see it all the time. And it's the local church is what's going to stand in the gap and be the hero. I love you guys. If we can do anything for you, we're committed. We're praying for you. I am so thankful that we met just so, just, it, was a, it was a divine appointment. And I would love to come back to Maui anytime you need me to. <laughs> Amen. I love, can I pray over you? Father God, we love you. Thank you for this divine appointment. Thank you for Grace Bible. God, thank you, Lord, for calling them, for choosing them to be this light, to be this beacon of hope in such a dark, dark time. And God, we stand on behalf of every survivor, of everyone that lost their life, every, everyone that lost everything. God, I pray that only the Holy Spirit can comfort. Time doesn't heal. Only the Holy Spirit heals. And so I pray that you would just give everyone that's affected the peace that passes all understanding that the world cannot understand. And I thank you, Lord, for that peace and the presence, God. Peace is not the absence of a storm. Peace is the presence of God in the middle of the storm. And God, I thank you for that. And God, I pray, Lord, again, for every worker, every search and rescue, Lord, every uh, police and fire, God, every first responder, God, the power line workers, everyone that is involved. And God, most of all, I pray for our local churches. I pray for unity now more than ever. God, I pray for unlimited resources. God, I thank you, Lord, for the integrity and the character that this church has, has been proven to show in the past. And now, because of that, of that pattern, God, you are going to bless them with much so that they can continue to do the work that they are called to do. And I thank you for longevity. I thank you for the influence that this church has. And I pray that you would continue to bless this congregation. As you said, as Paul said in Romans, that you would quicken our mortal flesh and breathe life into us. And I ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you all. Your phone. Don't you just sense the pastoral heart of Mercy Chefs? And that's the thing that was really just amazing. In even meeting their founder, we went out to uh, Citizen Church, and from the beginning, out in Lahaina, Citizen Church was one that we linked arms with, and we were actually a part of a prayer meeting. She would drive into town once a month, and we would all pray together. And um, who knew it was going to be because of this? Uh, Sarah at Citizen Church actually has family ties with Mercy Chefs, and we didn't even, you know, she, she was talking about Mercy Chefs, and we were like, what is that? But 
they, they have done 300 of these nat natural disasters, and they're not a fly-by-night. Uh, I was talking to uh, Gary, the founder, and he said that uh, with a lot of these places, they go back uh, to the place that they initially went to. They go back uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas because they're coming Thanksgiving and Christmas because it's, it's almost when you lose a community, it's almost like you lose a person. And there's a lot of ramping up of, of uh, the mental health crisis during these times when when the community is gone. So they come back during those times, and I was like, man, these guys are just amazing. And so it's just a blessing uh, to be able to link arms with them. Um, again, uh, through prayer. You know, it was something that happened through prayer, and God has given us the assignment to pray. Um, one of the evenings, one of the prayer requests that we had from Gary, who's the chaplain, I don't know if it was Gary or... Uh, if it was Paul or one of the other chaplains that called and they said, hey, can you help us with uh, death notifications because we're doing 10 death notifications a day when their normal load is one every several months. And, and we haven't even seen all of the, uh, the bodies that are going to be recovered or identified. And so I was feeling guilty leading here when there was this load to be carried out there. And... and um, one of the evenings, we just rallied all our volunteers to pray that God would lift up our chaplains as they had the hard assignment to go and do these notifications. And last night, I called Pastor Paul, and I was just wrestling with it for like several days. And I called Pastor Paul, and I'm like, "Hey, do you need any more? Uh, do you need any more chaplains? Like, I'm willing to to jump in there." And he said, "You know what, John? We have it covered. All these guys from Billy Graham came in." They've all, they're all um, experienced in doing death notifications already. They're ex-chaplains, ex-service um, uh, members. And so, John, don't worry about it. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, for answered prayer. <laughs> and God answers prayer. Miraculous. It's, it's amazing. And, um, and so, I would just exhort you to continue praying. Um, last thing, all things work together for good. It's n all things are not good, but all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Uh, let's read the scripture together. One, two, three. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Turn to, turn to the person next to you and tell the person next to you, you're looking more like Jesus. And turn to the other person and say, you're looking more like Jesus. God is molding us into the image, image of his son. Um, I just want to encourage you at this. I mean, this is an amazing thing that, how many of you are good cooks? How many of you are good cooks? How many of you, your spouse is a good cook? You better raise your hand. <laughs> you know, you, we can be mobilized for a disaster with Mercy Chefs. You know, if, if God so calls you to go to a place to be a blessing to another place who has experienced disaster, you can do that. And there's a lot of good chefs in Hawaii. One of the things that just 
just, um, you know, surprised me, not surprised me, but, you know, in talking to Gary, he was like, I was just a chef, and, and now I'm flying all over the world cooking for people that have gone through this kind of thing. And, and I thought, what an, amazing, what an amazing thing that a person would give their gift, just the gift of cooking, and now making an impact globally because he gave that gift, that gift of cooking to the Lord. And how many gifts are sitting here in our congregation? And if you surrender that gift and are faithful in little, God will entrust you with much. But when you surrender your gift, no matter how small it is, God will take it, he'll break it, and multiply it for the use of his kingdom. And so I want to encourage you. You might feel like you can't do anything, and I'll close with this. You might feel like this need is too big, that you can't make a difference. I want to tell you that, that, that the small difference that you make in the life of a person, that is the biggest difference in the world. And that is what the church assignment is right now. We are face-to-face -face with the need. And that's one of the things that, that uh, Gary said. He said, we make these meals, but we give it into the hands of the church to deliver it because you guys will be face-to-face -face with these people and can minister the love of God. And so what I've seen in cooperation, how, what is our piece in this puzzle? You know, he said, run in your lane. Grace Bible, what is our lane? I believe God has given us assignment, number one, to minister to the needs of our first responders. Without our first responders, everything would have been way worse. And our assignment was clear from the very beginning. Help our first responders because they're the ones that are helping others. We can't get in there and pull people out of the rubble and do, you know, we're not trained to do that, but we can help them. So God has called us to minister to our first responders to make sure that they're taken care of, both with the, the emergency supplies in the beginning, but now monetarily. And so God has given us that assignment. The other assignment is to meet the need quickly, to meet the need quickly and fast. And so I've watched this thing transpire, and what I see is there's nothing like the local church to cut through all the red tape because there is no red tape. We got all the emergency supplies to where they needed to go without any governmental help. And we did it faster than they could have done it. They came several days later. And thank God that they came several days later. It's a partnership because they're bigger. And it takes longer for them to make decisions. It takes longer for them to move. But the church doesn't have the liability. The church doesn't have the bureaucracy. The church doesn't have all that things. We can shuck and jive and change very, very quickly on a dime and get to the problem and solve it very quickly. And then the bigger organizations come in and sustain it. And so last week, the problem was getting the emergency supplies out there. And we did it in every way possible. And we didn't do it through government. We did it through private businesses. We did it through local people. We did it through air, land, and sea. It was crazy. And God just like, you know, provided those means to get the supplies where they needed to go through the local church. Now, these bigger NGOs and government are all now stabilizing these things and forming the, the long-term help for this. The hotels are getting involved, and um, Salvation Army, and Red Cross, and our own local government, and that is great. And there's some people that feel like, ah, oh, why are they doing this? They, we can do it better. You know, for us, our job is done in that. 
and now the gov let, let the government do what they do, let the bigger organizations do what they do. Now, what the crisis is, is finances. Getting money into the hands of people that need it. And let me tell you, the government is very slow in doing this. <laughs> I'm talking to like Michael, who's housing somebody in his house, and he's saying that you know, he lost his place, and he's a pharmacist, and all of this stuff, we're not going to put this, you know, online and stuff. We're going to edit everything out. But, but he said that he can't get into the hotels because they need a FEMA badge. And with the FEMA badge, they need to show a proof of the loss of assets, which makes sense because there's a lot of people like homelessness, homeless people that are on drugs and all this kind of stuff that they want to take advantage of all of this. And so they have to be able to sift through things. And so they have to... But these people have no bank statements. They have no, some of these people didn't lose any of their assets because they were renting. It was somebody else's house. And so now they're homeless, but they don't qualify for a lot of the government support that's coming out right now. But the church, we can, everything is relationship, it's trust, and we're face to face with the people that are in different homes. And we don't have the red tape. Last week, we gave out $40,000, and there's hundreds of thousands of dollars that are coming in. It's our goal to get this money out into the hands of the, the people that need it quickly without them having to produce all of these documents. They're not in any mental shape to produce documents. All of their documents have been burned in this fire. So we need your help. Um, tonight, we're going to have a meeting just to... Can we give a hand for Pastor Joe? Just thank him for coming here. Um, we're going to have a meeting just to give some um, guidelines around this. All we need is names and phone numbers. If you guys have names and phone numbers of people in Lahaina who need money, we want to get between $250 to $500 each as a beginning. All the money that's coming in, we want to get rid of it. We don't want to hold it and wait, it, wait to make a plan for later. They need the money now. So all the hundreds of thousands of dollars, our goal is to get it into your hands, to get into the hands of the people that need it. And 100% of all the money that's coming in is going out, and it's going out quickly. So we're making a database of all the names that we're giving money to, and as we make the list, we don't want to like double up. So we've already had like, names that have come in that have doubled up three times. So we need to make a clear database of people that we're giving the money to, have a phone number so that we can confirm that the money has reached that person. But we want to get it out into the community as quickly as possible. And, and even, like I feel we haven't done it fast enough, but we want to get the amount of money that has come in out by the end of this week. And then we'll wait for the next assignment from God. So right now, we're seeing that we can get money, but we, we see our lane. Our lane is not long-term. You know, once people get internet service back and they can get proof of the assets that were lost and all of this other stuff, then they can go to the hotels and they can get government assistance. There's billions of dollars that are pouring into Maui. And long-term, it's not our job to, to provide thousands of dollars forever. Our job is to get it out quickly right now until the bigger organizations can meet the need of those that, that need it. Does that make sense? So because we know our lane, we're not fighting with FEMA. We're not fighting with the government. We're not fighting with Red Cross and all of these other organizations. They're bigger. They take longer. Of course, they have more bureaucracy. 
but it's because they have greater liability, greater resources that they want to give out. The church's job is to, to meet the immediate need and, and meet it fast. So if you can help us, you know people from Lahaina. If you are here and you're from Lahaina and you have family and friends, we want your help in getting these resources out to where it's needed quickly. Amen? Amen. Um, Shireen is going to give details of how we're going to do that. So. Okay, so Shalise, you got a slide you're going to throw up there. Um, just a quick story. There is a, a carpenter that lost his home in Lahaina, and John ran into him and got to talk to him. And he's like, I still have jobs, and if I had tools, I could do my jobs. So John was able to go to Home Depot and get some gift cards, put it into his hands, and he's working now. And on the house he's working on, they, they're not even in town. And they said, bring your whole family and just live in our house until this project is done. So now he has a home, he's working, and so that's what these kinds of funds are going to go towards. So if you look up here, um, scan the QR code with your phone camera. Okay, I I'm not tech savvy, so like I just learned how to do the QR thing. Like you open your phone app and you tap it, and you're going to get a form shot back to you. And in that, you're going to fill out names of, and phone numbers of people that you know. So like just take a picture of this so you've got it. Everybody got it? Okay. I'll keep talking as you guys um, figure that out. Our local people, they don't ask for help. And they don't, and the harder thing is for them to receive help from anyone. So a stranger walking into their home, giving them something is not the best situation. It's better coming from a family member or a friend. And you can say, I'm from Grace Bible Church. Like, this is my church. I'm giving it to you guys just to... Bless you and love on you. Okay, everybody good? You got that? Okay, next slide. Okay, so then we're going to take the names that you submit, double check it in our database to make sure we haven't already given it out. We're all so well connected. We know so many people. Um, if we've already given them aid, then we will just tell you that somebody's already covered that name. If they're a new contact, um, we will connect with you and give you $500 to give to your friend or your family that lost their home. And we also want to cover anyone who's hosting people in their homes as well, because they're not getting any resources, but they're putting out a lot to take people in. So we want to also reward that. And then um, we need names and phone numbers for our bookkeeping purposes. We're not going to call them. We're not going to use that. We just need to do that. Um, but at the same time, if they don't have uh, phone numbers, that's not going to be a disqualifying thing. This is just something that we, if, if possible, please do this. If not, we've already given tons out to people who don't have phones or lost their phones or whatever. So, um, but if you can, that, that's great. Um, we currently started with firemen and police and are in process of, of giving them a larger amount of money. Um, and then we've reached 110 families as of last night taking funds into their homes. Crystal, where's Crystal? Here somewhere, right there. She took like six or seven yesterday to her friends and family in Lahaina and, um, and called me halfway through and was like, pray for me. <laughs> like, you are the hands and feet of Jesus to your friends and the people that you love. And you're going to bless them as you do this. So we, our hope is by the end of this week, we want to get all the funds out there. And, and we're just going to give until the funds run out, until we don't have any left to give. And if you want to be a part of giving and to this, you can jump on the website and, and give and be a part of this fund as well. So, and if you want to help deliver, we need everybody, everybody's hands in all of this. So 
scan the code, and then we're going to get started with all this. So we're not going to cook this week. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we're not cooking. We're networking with Mercy Chefs. And as good as the food is that we make, Mercy Chefs can do it more efficiently and, and more quickly. Uh, what we're going to do this week is get this money out into the hands of the community that needs it. So please be a part of that solution if you can. Um, we're going to close with communion. Um, one of the most healing things, you know, we're going through that birthing process that God wants to give life on the other side of death. And he didn't just say, you guys are going to go through this process. He did it himself. Jesus did it himself by coming and dying a death that he did not deserve and paid for sin that he never committed so that we can all experience life. And so we take communion every single week in, in remembrance of what he did and to receive uh, the life that he gives through that. Um, can the worship team come up? We're going we're gonna to close with communion. Pastor Eddie, is he going to share? Does he want me to do it? Do you want to do communion or you want me to? Okay. Um, If you can take out your communion this morning. This is from Romans 8. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him us up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If God didn't even spare, hold back his only son for us, but he gave his only son to us, how much more will he freely give us everything that we need? You know, a lot of, there's some voices out there that are saying that this happened to Maui because God was angry at you because you were bad and doing things that God didn't approve of. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Christ paid for our sin. Christ paid for the offense of man. And if Christ loved us enough that he took upon himself the offense that we made and we deserve, and he said, I love them, I'm going to step in between the punishment of what? You know, those that are saying this came because God was mad and God is judging Maui, what they're saying is that the price that Jesus paid wasn't enough. Jesus paid that price, and Jesus' blood was more than enough for all the sins of mankind. If you believe that, say amen. Not only did he die, but he also rose, which means that the purity and the sacrifice of Jesus and who Jesus was wasn't just enough to take care of sin because that, that killed him, but it was more than enough because he rose. And now that he rose, we are justified. Furthermore, he's risen, who is even at the right hand of God, and he's making intercession for us. He hasn't stopped. He's praying for us daily. 
Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Say that with me. We are more than conquerors. Can you, can you stand up and say this with me? Say it like you believe it. We are more than conquerors. One more time. We are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities or powers, things present or things to come, neither height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God, we come before you this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the price that you paid for the forgiveness of our sin. Lord, that your sacrifice was more than enough. And Lord, we come to you as your children, thanking you for everything that you provide through the cross. If you had joined me this morning, you can take the bread. God, we thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken for us, that through your broken body that we can have healing. Lord, we speak healing to our hearts and our souls. We speak healing to those that have been affected by this in Lahaina, the families. Lord, your body that was broken is more than enough for the healing that we need. And we partake of it in Jesus' name if you would take the bread this morning. And the blood, you can fold that tab down to break it and then pull it up. The cup represents his blood that was shed for the forgiveness and remission of sin. God, we thank you, Lord, for your blood that was shed, that you did it willingly, that you went to the cross to pay for our sin. And Lord, we not just receive the forgiveness represented with your blood, but God, we also make a covenant with you this morning to forgive those who have offended us. You can go ahead and take the cup this morning. Would you just repeat this prayer after me? Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for your forgiveness and your healing. I make a covenant with you this morning that even as I have received forgiveness from you, that I will forgive others. I speak peace to our government. I speak peace to the nonprofit organizations. I speak peace to our police department. I speak peace to the fire department. And I speak peace to Maui in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you would make us peacemakers in our community. You said peacemakers would be called the children of God. And Lord, in this time, 
where there's so much tension and so much anxiety and so much blame casting, Lord, make us instruments and vessels of your peace, your shalom. You are the prince of peace. And you have called us to reflect who you are. Lord, as darkness is covering the earth and deep darkness the people, Lord, I echo the verse of Isaiah declaring to the church, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Can we close just by singing uh, this song, just declaring the goodness of God? we just thank you, Lord, for your presence in our lives. And as we go and we leave this place, guide our steps, direct our thoughts. Lord, help us to be your hands and feet in this community in a time that they need it the most. Lord, we pray for a harvest. Lord, we pray for a harvest. And we pray, Lord, that you would send laborers into this harvest field. God, it's not about the things. It's not about the temporal things that are going to pass away anyway. It's about the eternal souls, Lord, that you love and that you died for. There's such an openness, God, in our community. And Lord, you've entrusted us, these vessels of clay, you've entrusted us with an eternal treasure of the gospel of this kingdom. And Lord, we pray that as we live in this time where everything that will be shaken so that those things that are not, that cannot be shaken will remain. Lord, we pray that you would use us to be your hands and feet and to see many, 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 many souls come into your kingdom, Lord. That a thousand years from now that we'll be standing with tens of thousands of people from the Maui community singing your praises, declaring your goodness in a place where you will wipe every tear from every eye. Lord, we declare, even in this situation, Lord, that you are good, and that you are the King of kings, that you are the Lord of lords, and that we love you in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Before you leave this morning, you need to hug Several people in Jesus' name.